0: How the Mighty Necromancer Flashed His Shades of Grey Pathfinder definitely has its fair share of odd stories, due to the diversity of the possible character concepts that can come from its pages. And this story of Astoshan is definitely one of them. This character began in a heavily modified Pathfinder campaign, where it had bits from 3.5 and even other editions stuck here and there. Plus, the GM was a bit of a large-scale thinker which meant we could pretty much do anything, within reason. The party just wanted to make the world a better place. Well, most of them at least. There was a human paladin, elven ranger, dwarven defender, basically a super tank fighter, and elven druid. All good people. Then there was Astashan, a necromancer built from a special concoction of pale master and dread slash true necromancer, It allowed the class to be a bit more viable and useful, since alone they had their issues. We referred to it as the Grey Necromancer. Astoshan was definitely a bit unique when it came to alignment, as he floated somewhere in between neutral evil and true evil, travelling alongside our troop of do-gooders. To be fair, he wasn't malicious, he just had honed his craft and he was very devoted. He would say, all things die in time. There is a balance to uphold, and it is my duty to do so." Naturally, the party didn't exactly like him, but they also knew he was extremely trustworthy because of how brutally and painfully honest he was. That level of honesty that could tell a child that they were going to die with a straight face. Yeah, that honest. The entire party felt a bit uncomfortable to be around him, and it definitely did not help that he was lich-loved, had a grafted arm, and was pretty much already dead. Though he didn't care to be flashy or full of pride, wearing plain grey robes with armor and carrying no weapons. Though by the gods this man had no sense of self-preservation, to him death just being a part of life and him being ready to come to terms with his own death when deemed necessary. This ideal also extended to how he viewed the rest of the party. He kept people alive with temporary health and undead meat shields, but as soon as they started to die, he no longer felt it was right for him to intervene. This caused the paladin and druid to hate his guts. Well, what still functioned as guts at least. The GM was exceptional and would play off of this dynamic any time he'd get the chance. The story begins with a bit of dungeon clearing, as per usual, and Astoshan was quickly making the party very uncomfortable, with his skeletal arm that could kill anything with a single touch. Stack on top of this unnerving power was his unsavory practice of rending the flesh from the undead minions he raised only to shove them into a bag of holding for storage, instead of wasting his spells to maintain control over them. He makes absolutely no effort to hide his plan of creating an army of undead. Creepy. He even made it a habit of handing the bag to a skeletal minion, making it run out into the middle of the battlefield, and then dumping the bag to flood the area with 8-10 to more skeletons. The party begins to make their way to a northern city, where they have heard rumors that there is trouble afoot. In his preparations, Astashan stores all of his undead minions in a dungeon room and sets up a portal, you know, for escape. Or reinforcements. The party's paranoia intensifies as he does this, as they realize at a moment's notice he can rip open a portal to a room with a few hundred undead. Scratch that, paranoia doesn't come close to describing their feelings. The party makes it to the city and find that it has recently been attacked by, guess what, yeah, undead. Districts of the city are still closed off from the attack and people are still terrified and paranoid. Everyone in the city was thrilled to see the party, well, not exactly Astashan. The city's leaders immediately sent the party into one of the areas that had been breached to look for survivors, if there were any. They make their way over to the makeshift barricade and are greeted by undead shuffling all throughout the streets and buildings and it was clear to see which ones were the armed skeletons sent in for the attack and which ones were recently turned civilians. The party began to cook up a plan, realizing that while it would be easy to fight them, if they got surrounded, they would be done for. Halfway through the planning, it is realized that Astoshan has slipped away and is immediately spotted politely walking through the crowds of undead that don't seem to care about his presence at all. The party simply grumbles and goes back to planning. Astoshan, however, has a different idea. He begins to nudge the undead into a group, much like helping an old person cross the street Then casting command undead and getting them under his control, he calls up to the rest of the party to get off of the barrier because he has dealt with the threat. The paladin and dwarf grumble past without a word, simply taking down zombies with their hands as the ranger and druid simply rain arrows. Astashan and his skeletons retrieve the bodies very respectfully and lay them down beside the buildings. The party commences on a sweep of the streets and the ranger hears soft crying coming from one of the buildings. The building is packed with zombies that had heard the crying too and began to swarm, but Astashan simply walked through them again without trouble, allowing him to reach a door that he easily slipped through and locked behind him. The party waited outside and the crying stopped, though once a few minutes had passed with no sign of the Grey Necromancer, they decided that he had done something awful. That was the last straw. It was time for him to die. The zombies were no threat to such a high-level party but due to their seemingly endless numbers, it took them a long time to get through. They finally get to the door, and the paladin promptly kicks it down, ready to cleave Astoshan in two, believing it was performing some awful ritual on this poor survivor. To their surprise, they find him sitting on the floor with a small, injured girl in his arms, quietly whispering lullabies to her. The paladin could clearly see there was no way she was making it out alive, and Astoshan ignored all questions presented to him. He stayed with her. He kept singing until eventually her eyes closed and did not open again. Druid demanded to know what had happened and the necromancer explained that she had been bitten by a zombie and he had told her she wasn't going to make it. He explained that he asked her if she wanted it to be over quickly and she said no, that she was too scared. Astoshan promised to stay with her until it was over. The silence in the room was deafening as he picked up her body and walked away from the party. Astoshan simply laid her body on the bed and covered her in her sheets. As if it were a shroud, the GM passes a note that says to change his alignment to neutral and the ranger weeps. He then proceeded to snap her neck to make sure she wouldn't rise again, in front of the entire party, including the weeping ranger saying how beautiful it was. The GM took the note back and the ranger doesn't like him anymore. The party clears the district and finds that the only survivor was the little girl. Civilians remain terrified that there is a necromancer within the city, filled with armored skeletons, too terrified to do anything about it though. PTSD is heavy with these guards. The city puts Astashan in charge of clearing out all infested areas since the undead don't bother him, and the party is put in charge of watching Astashan, as the city does not trust him. The paladin continues to look for any reason to smite the grey necromancer, though Astashan seems oblivious as he does his work. Very slowly, the two of them clear out the city, while the rest of the party search for the source of the undead. The civilians of the city feel little comfort as skeletons bring out bodies from the lost districts and bury them all day every day. The paladin grows angrier and angrier that Astashan isn't killing the skeletons, just bagging or portaling them, though it seems to go over his head that he re-kills and buries each and every zombie they come across. The rest of the party returns as the last district is cleared and reports that there is apparently a massive death cult disguised as adventurers clearing out bandit groups and dungeons. Apparently, this cult has been gathering bodies up and resurrecting them and they unleash the hordes upon the city. Party immediately begins to discuss whether or not Astashan is part of this cult, the paladin pointing out that he is an evil necromancer with hordes of undead on hand and that he wants him dead. The ranger brings up the little girl. She is calmed down now, extremely less salty, and thinks Astoshan is okay. The druid wants him dead as she thinks he is an abomination that goes against everything she stands for. Dwarf points out that something has gone over everyone's head the entire time, the fact that Astoshan has never raised something that has not attempted to kill innocent people, and only keeps the bodies of those who have killed or tried to kill. All the bodies within Astoshan's death dungeon are of monsters and murderers and any decent person he has given proper burial. He's not out to destroy or conquer, he's just keeping the balance and has to dabble in evil magic to do so. The dwarf votes in favor of the necromancer, leaving a party tie as Astoshan refuses to vote for or against himself. The GM passes another note, change to true neutral. Weeks passed as the party helps the city recover. The civilians are now okay with the skeletons that patrol their city, and Astashan makes them custom armor with white handprints so they can tell his skeletons apart from any other. He has been using the skeletons to clean up graves and give the dead a proper burial. They also take care of any crime, too, and no one asks where the bandits disappear to. For once, the locals don't want to kill Astashan, and the party gets ready to leave the city as things are now under control, but of course, that can't happen. A scout barrels into the city, warning that a neighboring lord has decided to use this recent undead issue as a good advantage to spread his borders, and the next morning an army is camped outside. The city begins to panic as they realize they are heavily outnumbered, with nowhere to run. The paladin and dwarf decide to start fortifying the walls. The ranger and druid summon trees and animals from the woods, and Astashan meets with the town guard and army to discuss some things. Morning breaks and everyone is on the walls of the city. Ranger and Dwarf make some Lord of the Rings jokes while Astoshan and his company of skeletons wait at the gate. Ladders slam into the walls and a ram makes the attack's presence known and the walls are thrown into complete chaos as the party attempts to hold the line. The gates eventually blow open from the ram and the army charges in. The skeletal forces get slowly pushed back and they act as a rear guard. allow the party and army to retreat to the gatehouse and up the streets. All roads have been blocked off, leaving only one route that leads straight to the keep. The entire army pours into the city, charging in as they cut down the last of the skeletons. The city's forces have nowhere left to run and they form one big shield wall and prepare to die protecting their keep. Astoshan is nowhere to be found. The encroaching army mimics the shield wall, ready for one final push. A loud bang echoes through the city. The gates have slammed shut. The invaders turn, in time to see the bodies of various fallen soldiers beginning to shake. Their bodies begin to rise, white handprints adorn their armor. All the risen soldiers stand between the invaders and the gates, as they had not fallen back with the others. Astoshan takes his place on top of the gatehouse, immediately surrounded by the risen bodies of hundreds of guards upon the walls. All the white handprints glow as they let out a horrid cry. A fallen captain stumbles forth, his banner bloodied and emblazoned with a white handprint and a single line of text. Even in death, I shall protect. The risen army shambles behind the enemy, forming a small infantry block that the invading forces laugh at, calling it pathetic. Then the portal opens. Hundreds of zombies and skeletons pour from the rift, roaring their battle cry alongside the fallen guards. They slam into the enemy flank, the living charge and hit the opposite side head on. The invading army is quickly stuck between living and undead, and they start to surrender, running towards the living as the undead behind them do not care. The undead form another shield wall behind the invaders, facing the skeletal horde. The living guards run over to aid them, and they begin to push back the swarm of skeletons and zombies. The invaders join in and push, and they stuff the horde back into the portal, followed by the undead guards to hold them in. The living back away, and the undead turn to face them, spreading their arms as eagles to keep the Horde back, and as the portal closes, they smile. Two weeks passed, and the invading army is sent home, allowed to transport their dead back with them. The dwarf figures out what had happened. Astoshan had discussed with the guards to ask if any would be willing to be brought back after death. Only one company said yes, and since they were brought back willingly, their souls stayed behind, sacrificing their slumber in the afterlife to protect their loved ones. The group gets ready to leave, and they get a parade and feast in their honor. Astershan does not attend, however, as he does not eat and is not a fan of parties. He chooses to stay at the crypts. Once he is sure he is the only one there, he opens up a portal. Stepping through, he sees the corpses of the undead guards working, building a barracks in the mining areas within his dungeon. The mindless horde were corralled into a separate section that could be opened or closed when necessary. The fallen captain notices Astoshan and roars, causing the rest of the guards to drop all of their work and run over. The guards swarm together, gathering their gear and organizing into parade lines, standing at attention behind the captain. He points to the platform that will become the permanent portal back to the city's crypt. There's a statue. It's a statue of Astoshan, 144 small shields decorating the sand around him. One shield for each of the company's volunteers. Astoshan smiles softly as he steps through the portal, the newly named Sleepless Watch Company at his back, following him back home. As he passes by the statue, he reads the carving at its base. Our service, eternal. Our sacrifice, infinite. Our regrets, absent. So, what did you think of the grey necromancer whose personality is neither black nor white, but a shade of grey just like his nickname? Would you be like the paladin in your party if you had Astoshan as a teammate? Or would you be like the ranger and remain optimistic for a compromise? Sound off your answers in the comments below. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, All Things D&D, and stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content!